0: List. Well, de La de de California Weather headlines for today, yes Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast Here's the host of the Revenue Generator Podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're welcoming back Kamala Thompson for the monthly CMO Confidential Series. In this series, Kamala and I will be revealing the topics that marketing leaders wrestle with without the marketing hype. And for this week... Kamala and I are going to be talking about the rise of the buyer's toolkit, trade show strategy, and the decline of syndicated analysts. Kamala Thompson is the VP of marketing at CaliberMind, which is the leading B2B platform for revenue insights you can trust. Kamala is also the host of the Revenue Marketing Report podcast. And today on CMO Confidential, Kamala and I are going to kick things off and talk about does the buyer's toolkit mean friction for sellers? Okay, here's my conversation with Kamala Thompson, the VP of marketing at CaliberMind. Kamala. Welcome back to the podcast. How are things in your world?
1: Chaotic. You know, I think a lot of us are seeing some fluctuations in the market. I'm wondering, are they here to stay? Is this the beginning of a trend? How are things going to shake out? It's been interesting. How are you doing?
0: It's been a stressful few quarters. I'm stressed too, Kamala. I'm stressed too. It's been a stressful few quarters. I think, you know, we're all wrestling with how much of the economic impact is short-term, how much is long-term. And how do we adjust, right? And I think that one of the things that has become really, really clear to me over the last three or four months is that right in parallel with this change in the economy has been the rise of the buyer's toolkit. And sort of, I'll, I'll loosely define this, Camla. So it's a new term. Maybe it's being used somewhere else. I haven't Googled it yet. But loosely defined, the buyer's toolkit are a series of applications and services that allow buyers to do more of the research and a lot of the review of the product before ever reaching out to the sellers. I always love to quote Gartner. We're going to talk a little bit about Gartner and how they're doing here on another episode. But they do some good stuff and they researched the B2B buyer's journey. This is a few years back. And they said at that point, 17% of the buyer's journey was visible to sellers. Well, that was, I think, four years ago. So I don't know what we negative three right now, right? It's lower. Right. It's lower.
1: Right. Yeah. So much lower. I think. Salespeople are encountering people who have much more information than they ever have before. Some of it not entirely accurate and opinion-based, and some of it based in reality and what people are experiencing. It's been really interesting.
0: Well, it's also, I mean, you know, for us, Kamala, at the end of the day, our job quite often is about reducing friction for sellers, right? It's creating a scenario where when they get that prospect conversation happening with their negative 3% of interaction during the buyer journey, our job is to make sure that they are informed, right? that the buyers are informed, that they have the information they need, and they're set up to understand our products well enough that it's a good engagement with a seller. My question really for today, and you know, kind of circling around the, the buyer's toolkit is, does this create friction in the selling process, or does this remove friction, and should we as marketing leaders be reacting to or joining in with the movement to the buyer's toolkit?
1: I think this is such a fascinating topic. And I think it can create friction if marketing leaders ignore it. And what I mean by that is, let's say you have a chatbot on your website and somebody's coming in wanting a demo because they've already done their research. If you're passing them to a BDR instead of directly to somebody who can interact with them on the level they're looking for, you're introducing friction. So I think it behooves us to understand how this toolkit is influencing people who are hitting our assets or sites, trying to interact with our sales team and then adjusting how we react to them. Does that resonate for you? And, and do you have other thoughts?
0: I do, I do. Well, it does resonate for me. I, I think there's a bit of a definition problem we have that I think we need to kind of unwind first for folks to understand why potentially this is a tipping point between friction and or potentially helping, right, reduce friction. So I would say a year and a half ago, your buyer's toolkit consisted of G2 crowd, trust radius, whatever really works within your industry. That was a really key part of the uh, buyer's toolkit. I think that you also had, if you were a large organization, access to a huge amount of research with the analyst firms, with the IDCs, the Gartners, the Foresters, And that was really it, right? So there there wasn't a buyer's toolkit so much. It was just a, maybe we throw in community. Kamala, what do you think? They're modern sales pros and yeah, sales hacker. And and again, I'm, I'm I'm referencing folks that, helping the RevTech stack. And then in the last, I'd say almost six months, you've seen this explosion of applications that handle the end-to-end process of investigating and buying a product all the way up to the point of negotiation. Last time you and I talked, back when the skies were burning and it was 100 degrees outside, we talked about vendor.com as an example for organizations that can't afford procurement. Well, you can sign up with vendor and guess what? They pre-negotiated a lot of these contracts, our contracts, right? Common paper, things like that. So into the mix now, you have, and I'm going to call out an organization. I talked to the CEO recently, uh, Sam Senior from Toolbox. They allow organizations to, without obligation, review a series of applications without letting the buyer know that they're reviewing those applications. In other words, they're able to see trial instances. Right now, Sam Senior, smart guy, starting out small 80-20 rule, right? He's starting with CRM and marketing automation. He's eventually going to make her his way into our areas, Kamala. It's just a matter of time before that happens. So that broadly to me is that buyer's toolkit, if you will. And then you asked me a question, Kamala, and my answer is it's not having an impact currently, but I'm expecting it to have one. And I'm going to be a joiner. I'm going to embrace this. I am going to do everything that I can in my power to get us to the point where we recognize there's a reason that folks are going to try and avoid our website and they're not going to want to reach out to a salesperson and make those things better.
1: I think that's so smart. I think marketers use a lot of energy trying to control brand perception. And the only way you have any hope of having influence in this situation is by joining. It does make me a little nervous that reviews can be based on demos. And there's a degree of verification that takes place on G2 that's nice to have. So yeah, yikes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I feel like the nagging Sky is falling. What was who, who's who's Skyling? Chicken Little. I'm the nagging Chicken Little. I'm like that. Yeah, that's my role right now.
1: Oh, that's so funny because I call myself that all the time.
0: <laughs> well, fantastic. I'm, I'm taking it from you, Kamala. I'll give it back. And I feel like it's I, on some level, like what I don't want to do, Kamala, is to hype this too much. I, what I want to just let people know is that there's a reaction to us being aggressive in looking for new customers. And in doing so, we're causing buyers to very much hide behind a series of applications that allow them to do so and, by the way, become better informed. So my reaction to any of these members of the toolkit or primarily toolbox is that now I have a situation where we, in this case, lean data, can compete head-to-head with other applications. And so we're going to make sure that we shine in the process of being compared to other applications. My point about that is not what lean data is going to do. I think we're awesome, so we're going to do awesome stuff, right? But it's more, I think that it just, it allows marketers to understand where we're competing and how we're competing. Because guess what? Toolbox's job also is to let sellers know, hey, look, you're in a bake-off with these companies. Can't tell you who's doing the bake-off. And they're going to provide that data so we understand when we're winning and losing. So as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking it's more better. It's more better information for us.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking of it similarly to G2, where you can either let things happen or claim your profile and do some work and put more material in front of people so they understand the different facets of your platform as opposed to what other people are just raising. So yeah, take every opportunity you can to help drive the message just a little bit further. I think trying to hide the message and create interest and intrigue is just not how people want to do things anymore.
0: I feel like, Kamala, you and I are landing in the same place here, which is we're feeling like it's actually going to reduce friction for the buyers, obviously. And I think you and I are falling on the, I think it's actually going to reduce friction for the sellers as well.
1: Right. I think there's going to be less opportunity for trying to convince people who don't have a problem and aren't already researching to kick that project off, which is I mean, adds friction there, but in terms of buying anybody who engages to be much further down the process. So I think we just need to go with it.
0: Yeah. I don't think we're going to have a choice.
1: Nope.
0: (laughs) I'm hoping Sam reaches out and asks me to cut him a big check because I'd like to. I really think there's a, I think there's a real future in what Sam is doing with Toolbox. I think the other thing I'd want to point out is I do feel like, you know, we've sort of made our own bed. And I I mentioned this a moment ago, Kamala, I feel like we've sort of created the scenario where Buyers don't want to engage with us. Therefore, they're going to be very much going after and and embracing this. And I I do think that what will end up happening is we'll see more of the process. And I think we'll see that the buyers are actually more willing to engage because they're going to feel like they're better armed.
1: Absolutely. I mean, look at Amazon and their success. And a lot of that is due to crowdsourced reviews, them not having to interface with the actual vendor and having a lot of questions answered before they even consider purchasing the product. So uh, this is the way of the future. Might as well embrace it.
0: So I guess my question is, will I be able to order Revenue Insight software through Alexa? Is that where we think we're going to land? Ultimately, that would be pretty cool.
1: That would be freaking sweet. Maybe, maybe we'll get there. (laughs) Maybe
0: we'll get there. All right. So just to sort of recap what we're talking about here, it's that end of the day, there's a lot of new cool tools out there for vendors to be aware of, but also buyers to be aware of. I would highly suggest if you're a buyer, check out vendor.com, check out toolbox. I'm missing a whole cadre of other applications that are rising up there in just the last six months. Check them out because I do think you're going to have to become familiar with them. And then I think end of the day, we're going to find ourselves in a situation where we're going to have vendors that feel a great deal of confidence engaging with these applications to the degree they probably list them on their website. I would even see a day where somebody would instead of clicking on, you know, I want to see a demo to an app to a little button that says, check us out on toolbox. Right. I could see that day coming up.
1: We already do that with G2. I imagine the rest is coming. So indeed.
0: Just a matter of time. Well, I hope for that to be a scary conversation, but Kamala and I are way too pragmatic. And uh, boy, it's been a rough couple quarters of watching the economy shift sideways. So we've got bigger fish to fry as we go. All right. Well, Kamala, thank you so much. I think, you know, lesson learned here, folks, is, you know, it's, things are changing. And if you expect there to be stability, please don't be a CMO. <laughs> this is not a stable world for you to exist in. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Kamala Thompson, VP of Marketing at CaliberMind, for joining us in part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow. Kamala and I are going to dig in and talk about the downfall of syndicated analysts. If you cannot wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Kamala, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is Kamala Thompson, or visit her company website at CaliberMind.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about if you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.